What's the biggest decision you've ever made in your life that was a mistake? Welcome to Minute Church for inspiration to go. Welcome to Minute Church. I'm Pastor Crespo. Thank you for joining the podcast today. We are continuing with the series of Why Jesus? You know, one of the things for this series has been that you will make a lot of decisions in your life, some small ones, some big ones. But there's one very, very big decision you're going to need to make. And this one, you really don't want to get wrong. You know, think about the decisions that you've made in your life. Um, what you've decided to do for work. Think about the very first job you took, uh, not, not, not working, you know, during the summers. I mean, after you've been out of school and then something you thought you were going to do for a long period of time, or maybe even forever. Think of the person you chose as your spouse. Think of the first house that you bought. Each of those things, each of those things said something about you, right? But they didn't just say something about you. Each of those things actually set a, or charted a path for the direction that your life was going to take. So in other words, it's not just revealing maybe your tastes, um, who you, what you like, what you don't like, but it also kind of directs in the development of your character, where you're going to work, who you're going to marry. Uh, that, that, that's a big deal, right? Because it's not just who you're going to spend the rest of your life with, but just like you will impact their life, they will impact and change you. Uh, you better choose wisely, my friend. So as I said, these decisions not just impact the present, but they inf- impact your future. But the most important decision you're ever going to make is what you're going to do with the Jesus question. Um, how are you going to relate to this whole notion that there is a God, that 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 he has a son who who, well... Jesus is God also, but but as we understand it here, how he related, he has a son, and and this son did something for us. How are you going to relate to that? And I will tell you, not only it's it's the most important decision because it charts the direction that your character is going to take. And this, unlike your house or car, is something that will have eternal consequences. I want to present Jesus to you. Let's see, in in the last uh, few podcasts I've done as a healer, as Jesus, the the preacher, the one that tells you the truth, we don't seem to have enough of those in our lives, it seems, sometimes. Uh, Jesus is a brother, like a big brother, but in a good way. For those of you that have big brothers that have pains in the neck, you might not relate, but to listen to that podcast. Uh, Today, I want to present to you Jesus as the Savior. Let me share a scripture with you. This comes from Isaiah. The Bible says, uh, Isaiah 53, verse 5, for those of you that, that are interested in the text, it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now that might be a little bit... Um, I don't know, hard to, to, to understand. Let me, let me do this in a, different, in a different version. It's similar, but um, maybe easier to understand. And this is talking about Jesus. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now, what what is that talking about? You know, basically, if we were to break it down, 
it, it's very simple. What the what the uh, the writer Isaiah what he is saying is this: Jesus suffered for us. Jesus suffered for us. In order to really appreciate the text. You're going to need to have an understanding of several things, and this is where sometimes uh, things can get a little bit complicated. It really doesn't have to be. It just requires some time to, to kind of study it out, but you need to have an understanding of certain things. Things like, what is sin? What's the nature of sin? What is the penalty of sin as far as, as, far as what the Bible tells us? You know, basically sin, sin, well, I mean, it's kind of elementary, but sin is bad. Sin is anything that goes against God's law for it's anything that transgressed the commandments or the law of God is considered sin. So if you're disobeying God's rules, whatever you're doing is a sin. It can be, it, and, and that's at its plainest uh, basic level, that's what it is. Now, why is it so bad to disobey God's rules? Well, look, here, here's the thing. And again, to try and make it as simple as possible, it's not just the act. It is where the act eventually leads to. So as an example, I go into a store and I steal a 10-cent eraser or I steal a 20-cent pen. Well, stealing is a sin. But what's the big deal? It's only 20 cents, right? It's not just that. It's where constantly transgressing God's laws will take me as a person, will take my community as a whole, and will take me eternally. See, the Bible refers to sin as anything that goes against God's rules, God's laws, God's um, the way he runs his kingdom. And it's not that he's trying to, to limit our joy, is that he's trying to protect our joy. He's not trying to keep us from having peace. He's trying to maintain peace, and that's what the rules are there for. Whenever we engage in any type of activity that goes against God's word, what we're doing is we're endangering ourselves, of course, but we're endangering the future of the people that are around us as well. You impact the lives of the people around you. Sin is bad, folks. This, this, this is the point. It has, it has the capacity to destroy the peace and joy and to, and to mar the image that God made us in. God never intended for us to be sad, suffer, cry. It, it was never that. But yet, this is what sin does. Sin is bad. Now... Anything that takes you away from God takes you away from what? It takes you away from life. It takes you away from peace. It takes you away from happiness. Anybody who studies the Bible for any length of time and gets to know the God of the Bible knows that, that God is life, that God is peace, that God is happiness. So that's the whole thing. This is when we're talking about sin, the, the negative impact that it has. Sin separates you from God. So if you don't have life, peace, or happiness, what do you have? You have death despair, and sadness. Friends, sin is a threat to the person and the people around them because it brings in its wake death, despair, and sadness. Imagine, imagine you as a, as a parent. Would you let that into your house? What lengths would you go to to keep that from entering into your house and ravaging your children? Then now you got a small picture of what God has to deal with. And here's the deal, based on, based on where we've been as a human race, the, if you read the Bible, how sin entered into the world, really death, despair, and sadness was our lot. It was our future until Jesus decided to step in. Why Jesus? Because Jesus is the Savior. He came to rescue us from these things. The Bible says in that text there that, that Jesus was 
pierced, right? Uh, if you've read scripture, you know he had nails put through his hands when he hung on the cross. He was crushed for our iniquities, not literally crushed, but the crushing of his spirit and his heart because he had to carry the sins of the world on him. With his wounds, we are healed. The Bible tells us that Jesus chose to die for us so that we could receive oneness with God. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was young, I used to think about this. I went to church, and it's not like I really wanted to go to church, but my parents uh, forced us to go. We didn't really have a choice. And the idea of of this whole notion of of Jesus dying for all the world, it just didn't really make sense to me. I didn't understand that. Um, how could one man die for the entire world? Well, you need to think about it on a bigger picture. The, tr- the truth is that one man dying for one person only redeems one person. But Jesus, being the creator of the universe, the one that made it all, we're all his. He gave his life in our place. The life of God for all the lives that have ever lived on planet Earth. He did that, and he did that willingly. This text is telling us that it's with his wounds that we find healing. Jesus is the Savior. It it even says in verse 6, we're all like sheep. And I've been told, you know, in some ways sheep are smart because they can hear and understand the voice of their shepherd above other shepherds. They can distinguish it. But in some ways, sheep are stupid. They find themselves in the most dangerous situations because they just are inattentive sometimes and they go off. But it says, we're all like sheep. Everyone's gone his own way. And what did God do? The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now I'm going to share something with you you may have never considered uh, for those of you that that are churchgoers, maybe you've never considered this, but think about this and don't dismiss it out of hand. Think about Jesus on the cross and the Father up in heaven witnessing the scene. The Bible says that the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. When Jesus hung on the cross, he carried the sins of the world. They were pressing on him. The darkness of sin was all around him hiding him from his father. And at some point, the father had to let Jesus die. I want you to think about what that means, that God the Father allowed Jesus to die, his son. If you go back in time a million billion years, if we believe what the Bible says, and I do, if we go back in time a million or a billion years, you'll find that no matter what else was out there, God was alive. God was there. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, they were there. They're eternal from the beginning, whatever that means, to the end, whatever that means. But it says, the Bible tells us that they've always been there. At this time, Jesus is hanging on the cross. This journey that they've been on for eternity in the past has been interrupted, and Jesus is suffering. And the Father watched, and he let it happen. Wow, that's pretty heavy stuff. But he did it because they knew what they were fighting for. They knew what they were sacrificing for. They were sacrificing for you and me. Jesus is the Savior. Why should I get to know this Jesus? Why should I follow this Jesus? It's because, my friend, one of his attributes and the biggest, maybe the most important, is that he is the Savior. Um, Let me say this. He is your Savior. I want to follow up with one more thing um, uh, along these lines. If you look at Isaiah chapter 53, verse 11, it says something uh, really interesting. The the first part, I'm not going to read the whole verse, 
but it says that, uh, let me go here. I want to make sure I get the, I'm just going to read it from the King James. It's, it's old English, but hopefully you'll understand it. It says, he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. And by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. It's talking about Jesus. The first part says, he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. Jesus saw, before it ever happened, the suffering he was going to have to go through. Jesus saw what was the travail, the, 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 the journey, the problems, the struggle that he was going to have. Jesus saw the nails being pounded into his hands and feet, the betrayal by his disciples. He, Jesus saw him being hungry, being rejected, being hated by the very people he came to save. It says, he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. In other words, Jesus said, and I'm paraphrasing and, and adding my own little flair, but so you mean I'm going to go to this world, people are going to try and kill me, hunt me, find ways to twist my words. There are going to be people that are going to be my friends, but are going to use me. Then there are going to be people that are going to betray me. Then there are going to be people at my most dire time in my existence on planet Earth that they're just going to abandon me. And finally, I'm going to be beaten, abused, and hung up on a cross to die. Hmm. Okay. That's a cheap enough price to pay so that I can be with you. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Why Jesus? This is the most important question you're ever going to have to answer in your life. What will I do with the Jesus question? Is Jesus worthy to be accepted as my Savior and King? You better believe it. Why? Well, because Jesus did for me what I could not do for myself. Make myself right with God. He did it. He did it. Friends, why should you choose Jesus? It is the most important question you will ever have to answer in your life. And it will determine your present, but it will determine your future. It will not only show what kind of character you have now, but it will impact the character that you will develop going forward, more so than any of the other decisions you'll ever make in your life. Why Jesus? Because he is the Savior. Friend, if you have not made that decision yet, I want to encourage you to make that decision. Just reach out and tell them, I choose you, Jesus. From now on, everything I have, everything I am, belongs to you. I'll tell you what, your life will never be the same. It will only get better from here. Listen, if you have not made that decision yet, if you have any questions based on this, or if you have made that decision, you, you just want to let me know, Reach out to me, mytakemc at gmail.com. That's mytakemc at gmail.com. God bless you. I'm Pastor Crespo, and that is Inspiration to Go.